I'm Sandy Swallow. I'm Okalala Lakota in Northern Cheyenne. I've been an artist for over 30 years and through my artwork have portrayed my heritage. Now I'm starting a brand new venture called Lakota Link and I'm here to share with you and I hope you enjoy it. Lakota Link. Greetings from the home of the Seven Council Fires, land of the 1868 Fort Laramie Treaties, bringing stories old and new of Lakota values, courage, respect, wisdom, to name a few. This is the beginning of an exciting two-part series interviewing Billy Mills, titled Footprints. In 1964, Billy Mills won a gold medal at the Tokyo Olympics in the 10,000-meter race, the only American to do so far. Billy is an enrolled member of the Okalala Lakota Nation and was born and raised on the Pine Ridge Reservation in South Dakota. Footprints are symbolic of the people he has met in his journey through life and the footprints he himself has made, as we all have made footprints. Some of his accomplishments is winning the gold medal, being presented by President Obama for the Presidential Citizens Medal in 2013. Starting a nonprofit organization running strong for American Indian youth, which is one of my particular favorites as I know they do very good work on the different reservations and and actually have helped out in times of disaster. So Billy, in a heartfelt way, is an accomplished motivational speaker. Obviously thought about this for a long time. And, you know, I, I guess I'm wondering um, if if you had a title for this idea. Footprints. Footprints. Oh, okay. Simply because there were a set of footprints people used to approach me before I won a gold medal at the Olympic Games. After I won, there were a new set of footprints they approached me with, and I wasn't ready for the second set of footprints they would approach me with, but I understood why. To kind of clarify that for you, I was not able to join a fraternity in college because I'm half Indian was not able to room with dear friends of mine because of my Indian ancestry. At the same time, being ridiculed on occasion because I'm mixed blood and I never felt like I belonged. When I came back from the Olympic Games, a whole new set of doors were opened that I chose to never truly enter in the manner they were opened And that's when friends of mine, non-native friends, would say things like, Billy, we're having this party after the track meet. Uh, We've had it every year now for four years in a row. 
uh, we'd like to invite you and Pat to join us because after all, you're one of us now. And it was painful when I was trying to realize what made me one of them. That year I had a number one ranking in the world in the 10,000 meter run. We won the gold medal at the Olympic Games in the 10,000 meter run, setting the Olympic record. That year was split over over two years, six months in one year, six months in the, the other year. It set a world record and five American records in the following year, number, number three ranking in the world. And what they were referring to was, I was now one of them. And none of the people inviting us to the party had a world record, didn't have a world ranking, were simply inviting us because I qualified. <laughs> mm-hmm. It took those achievements to qualify, and I would politely turn them down. You you qualified to... you qualified to be one of them, is what you're saying. Correct. Isn't and, that something? And then at the same time, with 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 humbleness and sadness, after the Olympic Games, I would have young men and women, mostly men, mostly older than me, but not much older, tell me how proud they are of me and for me not to forget them. Don't forget, don't forget us, Billy, because we're, we're full blood and you're, you're Ieska. So I was being exposed to footprints from my total being, half Lakota, half white. And I just made a commitment that was the footprints I would lay on Mother Earth would be footprints of trying to unite unity through diversity. And that led to a, a more deeper level of trying to understand the footprints that patriot that the patriots were being were laying on Mother Earth, patriots of those suffering from generational trauma, patriots of those benefiting from generational privilege. I had to understand both sets of footprints and I tried still trying to bring the patriots of generational trauma, the patriots of generational privilege together to where they can understand their footprints as one have to be laid on Mother Earth to seek the horizon of America's future. And when we do that, only then can we truly say that We've reached the sacredness that our flag represents, but our laws do not. And that's why it's meaningless to me many times when I see patriots on one side propping themselves in the flag, as if the flag is going to heal us. We have to heal to earn the right to represent the flag. Mm-hmm. So patriots, both, both sides of my life, I referred to my life as footprints. I kind of wanted to ask you a few questions about growing up on the reservation. You know, that that has made you who you are. And I think about myself, and we we left the reservation when I was about three then I came back and stayed with my Aunt Jo when I was 12. 
And then I came back when I was 15 and have lived here, South Dakota. I lived with my Aunt Jo for the for a few years. And, and I know how that impacted me. And I know how Aunt Jo, I feel, taught me how to be a Lakota woman. With you growing up there at Pine Ridge, that's made you who you are now. And what are some of the things? I, I know you and your dad were very close. And and Uncle Sidney was a very wise man. But but besides that, what are what are some of the things that impacted you, made you who you are today? Okay, I would I would name two things right away. And one, my dad spent a lot of time with me. He was not a good husband, and I don't know how my brothers and sisters, my siblings, would describe him as a father. To me, I say he was seeking redemption. And I learned later that he was given like 10 years to live. My dad spent those 10 years dying right before I turned 13. He spent those 10 years spending a lot of time with me he taught me how to pray, and it can bring me to tears. I, I think I'm probably the only one in our family who prayed with our dad. He taught me to take a Christian prayer, and he would try to relate to Lakota spirituality. He told me about how the Jesuit priests were meeting and how they, with the Lakota spirituality, and how they, they need to come to understand that Lakota spirituality. But he never talked about spirituality to any of my brothers and sisters. And, and that, that saddens me when I'm trying to share, in a sense, wisdom, our words of wisdom that my dad empowered me with, but didn't, maybe he did, but they've never shared it with me. They've always looked kind of like in in shock when I would mention some things my dad taught me. So that's the teachings of my dad. The second thing, although we were orphaned, my mom died when I was nine. I always said eight and just found out looking at death certificates that it was I was nine. I only have three memories of her. But those memories, poor memories filled with love. We were orphaned. And I was blessed to have an older brother, Sid, my older sister, Margie, then Moni, then Walter, my brother, then Thelma, et cetera, then my, my sister, Norma Babe, and my younger brother, Chet. I grew up as an orphan with siblings that I knew they loved me. I grew up in a family of orphans. <laughs> mm-hmm. I knew that I was loved just by how they might look at me. I knew I was disappointing them. So I would try to do what was right. Uh, my brother Sid taught me responsibility. I don't know if he would describe it that way. He may take issue to me using the word, but that's what I'd learned from him. 
responsibility with accountability. And Margie, my older sister, became my mother. And then my dear friend that I, I like worshipped her as an older sister. So all of my siblings, the younger and the older, all played a major role in who I am today by showing me and giving me their love. Then I'll go back to the few elders. And when I, when I speak in terms of the elders, I always give my dad credit because the teachings he gave me at an early age prepared me to listen to some of the words of wisdom elders would give me. And so I will say my dad taught me. And this, I know, again, disturbs some of my siblings because they'll say, dad was dead then. He was gone. How could he teach you that? But I've kept him in my life and I kept his spirit in my life uh, from the day I left him physically. I've kept him with me spiritually. So one day Oliver Red Cloud told me, and I say this was my dad speaking to me through, through Oliver Red Cloud. Oliver told me, so you're trying to make the Olympic team. When you go to the Olympics, he didn't say, if you make the Olympic team. He said, you're trying to make the Olympic team. When you go to the Olympic Games, when you go to the Olympics, represent yourself with dignity, with humility. Because if you can represent yourself with dignity and humility, you will honor your family. You'll honor your your tribal nation. You'll, you'll honor the state of South Dakota. You'll honor the United States of America. Represent yourself with humility and dignity and try to do it in a way that can help. And he didn't use the world. He didn't use the word, the world. He didn't use humanity, but he said something like, do it in the manner that will help the rest of the rest of our of our people. But I knew he met the rest of our relatives and I knew he met humanity. So I just took those, the times I felt alone, the times I needed help. I had dropped out bought the Ben Mills's property. Our, our grandpa, by then sold. I'd open the gate, I'd walk in, close the gate if there were cattle nearby, walk up high enough over the little mound, I could look down and see grandpa's house. And I'd pray to God. But I'm praying to God, talking to my, my dad and my grandpa. Just ask, asking for, for wisdom to say the right words that might help another person because I don't have the words to help. And I just felt, I, I, I talk with my dad in prayer almost weekly throughout my life. And in, in six weeks, I turned 82. So the teachings they taught me were, in a sense, my words now, not theirs, taken the Lakota prayer, we are all related. And everybody's my relative. 
and trying to find a way for me to fit into humanity in, in that manner. So you've got a couple more questions. I'll go ahead and stop and let you ask them. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, in a way, I, I, I would like you to feel free to say what you want to say, but I want my listeners to to understand Billy's he work he has worked very hard to be where he's at right now and he worked you know coming from the reservation and and I won't say poverty because I think the mills all you know had it pretty good was you know the husbands the fathers were hard workers and did their very best to support their families and take good care of them and stuff. But it isn't like it is now where a a child wants a bike or an iPad or whatever, and they get it. You know, uh, we valued what we got a lot more because we didn't get it very often. And I know when I was staying with Aunt Jo, the one words I learned was Mazaskawa Nietzsche and I would call my dad and say that, and that meant I need money. And, you know, I was just a kid going to high school, and I did. I'd need money for things. But but getting back to Billy, I think about his life and, and actually about his spouse, about Pat, and how instrumental she was in being there for him and being supportive, as my husband is, Wayne, um, we certainly wouldn't have achieved what we have without their love and support. And I think one time Billy was, he had just written a book and he was at Rapid City and him and Pat were there and he was had a table and was visiting with people and, and signing his book. And Pat and I went and she looked at my artwork and she said, well, Sandy, you should really keep at that. And, you know, those words really meant a lot to me. And I know that that Billy's words have meant a lot to a lot of young people. And he's not really saying much about this, and I would like him to expound a little bit on it. But he has been a motivational speaker for the youth for many, many years, and and. You know, if if I say Billy Mills is my cousin, you know, people just like, wow. <laughs> they don't. They might not say wow, but I I can tell that's what they're thinking. <laughs> You're related to him, <laughs> and you know, I he has made an impact on so many people's lives, and and I'm sure that that's kind of uh, what you wanted to do. Right. Well, in, in in a sense, I wanted to I, I I wanted to pass on the the words of wisdom and the love that people and the support that people have, have given me. So I can't do that without beginning by saying I was also blessed with some incredibly quality friends, friends who whose footprints have been some more challenging, more difficult than my footprints. Uh, and yet they found time to 
give me their friendship. Ben Kelly, Benny Kelly. Uh, I call Benny a dear, dear friend. We have only seen each other a few times in, say, the last 20 years. But growing up, he, he was a friend I could always count on. He was a friend that he may not have known, but just how he lived his life, for the, we're the same age, it's inspired me. And I remember my, my sister Moni always stopping Benny and I, make sure that our hair was combed, make sure that we had our uh, shirt on and the collar was turned down and uh, constantly trying to inspire us and pleaded in us. So, so Benny Kelly played a major part in my life as a friend. Uh, Leroy Chief, my, my cousins, uh, Butch Eagle Ball, uh, his younger brother, Harry, Bob, who went down a spiritual journey uh, a year and a half ago or so. Uh, the Talbots, Willie and Bobby Talbot, uh, dear, dear friends, and their mother and their father, primarily their mother, took me in as if I was one one of them. When when my dad died, my mom had already passed on and included me in their trips to hot springs to swim in Evans Plunge. Uh, without the Talbots, my life would have been so much more challenging. Uh, so Willie and Bobby Talbot both have gone on to the spirit world, but people were there for me. Many, many others. Uh, Friends, people I grew up with, Nancy Ponds, for example, uh, the, the, the Irvings. Uh, Willie would talk to his grandpa, Ben Irving, and ask him, how old are you? And he would always tell us, I'm 100 years old. <laughs> so I grew up thinking these elders were ancient. But people are always, always, always there for me. Uh, my, my brothers and sisters, in their own way, every one of them. A few teachers. Then I moved on to Haskell and Tony Coffin, uh, my friends my friends at Haskell, uh, Ty Ryle, uh, one of my roommates, uh, on and on, just wonderful, wonderful people that whose footprints and hardships were like mine, some not as challenging, some much, much more challenging. So I wanted to just give back. And it's humbling to, to have somebody call somebody who might have been a young girl sexually abused and just say to Pat and I that, that your support helped me fight the demons that were left with me and how they've overcome, but how they might still face lifetime counseling, uh, other people writing back, other people from other countries. Uh, we've gotten a number of, of messages, for example, on Facebook from women of Islamic faith simply saying they've, that they saw the movie Running Brave. And do you really think that our dreams can come true? Uh, a friend of mine, Dr. Hussein Halim, two-time Olympian, uh, lost his father. He was given a new teacher who was teaching him to hate the Christian. And he couldn't do that. He was discarded. A teacher showed him the movie Running Brave. He started studying it and learning about the Lakotas. We met 
And he said, I've called you uncle and auntie for 28 years. And we met in 2012. He said, you saved my life. And learning about the Lakota, he said, I wanted to become an Olympian. He said, today, I'm a two-time Olympian, Billy Year one time. Then he laughed and said, you have the gold medal. I finish second to last in the marathon. But he said, because of sport, because of the Olympic Games, made reference to, and I don't know if it was the Lakota prayer, but that we are all related. And that because of sport today, he has friends from different religions throughout the world that he can hug and thank them as a friend. Uh, I like to believe, as he learned about the Lakota way of life, that that, that inspired him. And through me, my Lakota virtues and values were passed on. Uh, not, not so much that it was me. One final story, and I'll go global again. And this is for all the women that are listening. Pat and I were in Cape Town, Africa. Oh, my gosh. Four, five years ago. And there's this health spa next door. She's going to get a pedicure, manicure, and an hour and a half massage. So I go there with her. This young girl picked up a form Mrs. Patricia Mills, I'm your therapist. Pat jumps up, waves, and blows a kiss. And I looked at the girl. I thought, my God, she's a Native American. She looks Danae. I'm going to find out and come back and find out what what tribe she is. She's working on Pat. Pat said, where are you from? She said, I'm Tibetan, born in northern India. What are you doing here in in Cape Town, Africa, South Africa? My father was going to marry me off to an older man, like 50 years of age. My brother begged him not to. My mother, the female in the family. No, I choose you marry your subservient. My brother said he wanted his sister to have an opportunity to empower her mind and maybe help other other women empower their minds to make their world a better place. He said no. He said my brother showed my family a movie and the movie helped my father decide to give me a chance to to improve my mind to see if I could support myself. All that was available was this health spa for massage, pedicure and pedicure. So that's what I, I took, became a massage therapist. I do very well. I got transferred to this spa in Cape Town, Africa. I'm a, I'm a tribal woman. We carry our babies on our back. Starts talking about the, the, the responsibilities of a tribal female. Then she said, I'm born. You're talking about tribalism. Pat said, you're not born me. My husband's tribal. She said, what tribe? She said something to the effect, he's a member of the Ogallala Lakota tribal nation. Their sacred boundaries are within the state of South Dakota, but their sovereign lands. The sparrow goes, oh my God, it's her forehead. A little jewel falls. She picks up the white sheet of paper. Mrs. Patricia Mills, your husband, your husband must, must be Billy Mills. And Pat said, how do you know about my husband? She said, my brother showed my family the movie Running Brave. Wow. Now, my, bro- my brother is convincing my father. Her brother basically was going to go throughout the continents of the world, teaching to the father about indigenous women 
who have achieved, who have made a difference, starting with an indigenous woman in the United States of America. And she told Patricia, your husband was only a catalyst. No longer will my brother teach my family about indigenous men. It will be strictly about indigenous women who have made a difference, making the world a better place. And I think she spoke for all of the Indian men I know who recognize and honor our women who have kept our culture, our traditions, our spirituality alive, giving us time to heal broken souls. And we have to, we have to give back the time they've given to us. We have to give time back to them. And this is just one of the ways I, I try to honor our women by letting them know that, that they've empowered other people throughout the world. She finished with Pat, and what I'm gonna say next is duplicated itself in several other countries of the world. They look for indigenous women, young Indian women in the United States of America for direction, for hope, for confidence. And we have the responsibility to empower all of our young people, especially our Indian women, so they can grow into adulthood. And with their empowered minds, with the talents that they've been given from the Creator, help empower other indigenous people throughout the world. And our time is coming, and we have to prepare. On that note, I would like you to explain to people a little bit about the Running Strong uh, Foundation. Yeah, the Running Strong Foundation was born as my giveaway for the people that have empowered me, the people, the Benny Kellys of my life growing up in Pine Ridge, the Willie Bobby Talbots, uh, Butch Eagable, uh, Harry Eagable, my, my, my cousins, uh, Tiny, Tiny DeCorey, the sister cousin of mine, uh, my brothers and sisters, uh, the, the elders that have empowered me. The movie Running Brave was my giveaway just to give back the inspiration they gave to me and pass it on to younger generations. I was asked to continue to have a giveaway. That then led to a book we wrote with Nicholas Sparks, Lessons of a Lakota. And during that time, the major giveaway was being born. And my wife simply said, Patricia, take the, take the inspiration people have given to you worldwide and give back in a manner that could help multitudes of people. So we just started again, taking from our culture, trying to study words of wisdom. And what came to mind was our elders have the visions, our youth have the dreams. So we decided we met Gene Kresak, a man with incredible with the mind of visions. And we sat down and we created Running Strong for American Indian Youth. And we wanted to empower the visions of the elders and inspire the dreams of the youth. And our Dream Starters program uh, has been very successful where we have picked 10 people a year, starting with the 50th anniversary of me winning the gold medal, to pick 10 people a year from throughout the country, young Indian men and women, who have a dream that can empower their community. They've partnered with a nonprofit. And 
submitted a proposal. The proposals are reviewed. We pick 10 a year for five years. 10 being 10,000 meter run to victory. Five years, 50 of them on the 50th anniversary of me winning the gold medal. I wanted to give and sponsor and empower the dreams of the young people. We gave them $10,000 grants with a nonprofit, they go back to their community and then they start developing their dream. And we now have the Dream Starter program going, going on every year. It did empower the dreams of youth. Uh, um... we, we, we've been able to give uh, organic gardening projects. Uh, we just recently delivered to Pine Ridge just in the past week, if not yesterday or, or the day before, uh, a number of uh, tons of food. Uh, one packet of food could serve a family of four for a week. Uh, sanitation kits that to help address COVID-19. And I think it's actually like 44,200 pounds of groceries delivered to Pine Ridge. And, you know, uh, Billy, I, I mean... <laughs> That is just so important, you know, because I know they're having such hardship down there on Pine Ridge, and not just Pine Ridge, but, you know, a lot of the other reservations. And you get um, some of these grandmas that are helping to take care of their grandchildren and for various reasons, and, you know, they're not young and healthy and strong. And those sorts of things are just, they're just so important, and and I've heard a lot about that, and I'm so glad that that your um, organization is doing that. Well, I'm blessed. We have an incredible staff at Running Strong, a staff that has learned about the Native American. And you can imagine, uh, we leave the reservation, we go into a white community, how much we have to learn about it. And the same way when our staff started working, they had to learn. They were committed, dedicated, and they learned. Uh, the family effort with Running Strong and our staff to give 1,700 families two meals, two meals a day for two weeks. And that is simply because of our donors, very, very dedicated men and women with compassion that want to help, want to help the dreams of the youth be fulfilled, to the, the visions of the elders to be met. And then we're doing it. Uh, and we have uh, the Lone Elks. Uh, they're, they're my heroes today on the reservation. Uh, Dave, Dave and his father and his mother's family, uh, they're part of a really strong family. They're doing just an incredible job for us. Uh, the, the sacred is in, in their job that uh, people never know about, but if, if it was done in a larger white community, they'd be receiving national awards. They'd be getting national recognition, but they quietly in their traditional way and in their spiritual way reach out to help the communities. And uh, they're a vital component of a running strong uh, family. Uh, our donors are a vital component. Uh, I, I, I would like to share with the listeners, um, I... I say this in very simple terms, but uh, having been a around Pine Ridge for many, many years, I say there's 
some true blue people and true blue organizations. And when I say that, I mean that when you donate to them, that money doesn't go to some big CEO. It goes to the people and it goes to help. And and I know Running Strong is one of those, and I'm I'm real proud that. And I knew I thought no less that Billy would make sure that that was true, that 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 was truly goes to the people that need the help. And um, Billy, do you want to share a poem or something with us? Yeah, I would. I'll make one comment, and then I'll, I'll I'll share this poem. But on occasion, when I'm on a ship with Pat, and she's teaching art. Or we're invited to some function, and I have a tuxedo on. I wear the medal, the presidential medal that President Barack Obama gave me for the deeds and the achievements of running strong. And people ask me what it is. And here's how I tell them. I tell them it belongs, this medal, the presidential medal, belongs to... The Lonox, for example, in Pine Ridge, uh, Tom Cook and his family and his, his wife and her very traditional relatives. It belongs to the to the traditional people in Pine Ridge who've helped inspire me in some way. It belongs to the very strong staff who, who do these incredible things. Uh, I conclude uh, Shine River, uh, Julie, uh, when she worked with us, Julie Garrow. It belongs to Julie. It, it belongs to those incredible donors that contribute, and it was given to them by the President of the United States, presented it to me, so I wear it for them. And that's how I'll explain the Presidential Medal that was awarded. And, and they, they need to know that on, on an individual basis, my dad, when I was small, what he taught me is what I try to do today. So I'll read it in a poem. And I was so young and so naive, I thought it was a poem about Grandpa Joe Adams and Grandpa Ben Mills. And he's, he read it using Ben Adams. So I thought he took Ben Mills' first name and Grandpa Joe Adams' last name. I'll read it the way my dad would read it to me. Then I'll tell you about the poem. He would say, Ben Adams, may his tribe increase. I woke one night from a deep dream of peace and saw within the moonlight in his room, making it rich and like a lily in bloom, an angel writing in a book of gold. Exceeding peace had made Ben Adams bold. And in the presence to the presence in the room, he said, what writest thou? The vision raised its head and with a look made of all sweet accord, answered the names of those who love the Lord. And his mind one said, Ben Adams. Nay, not so, replied the angel. Ben Adams spoke more low, but cheerily still, and said, I pray thee then, write me as one that loves his fellow men. The angel wrote and vanished 
The next night it came again, and with a great awakening light, and showed the names of whom of God had blessed. And lo, Ben Adam's name led all the rest. Anonymous. I grew up with my dad reading that poem to me. I have no idea if he read it to any of my family members. And I relied upon that to take the Lakota virtues and values, the Lakota, the Lakota prayer. We're all related. And I combined that with global unity to the dignity, character, beauty of global diversity. And I wanted to try to make a difference since we are all related and that I would respect my fellow human beings. Now that stayed with me, gonna be 82 years old, about five years ago, maybe more like nine years ago, I had some of my Olympic friends and we were talking about what may have inspired us at a young age to be who we are today. So I said a poem my father would tell me about my grandfathers. <laughs> I said the poem to them and they said, that's one of ours, that's one of ours. And I was so naive. It's about, it's about, see if I can even pronounce the name properly, but Abo Ben Adhim, Abo Ben Adhim. And here's the way it reads. Abo Ben Hadim, may, may his tribe increase. I woke one night from a deep dream of peace and saw within the moonlight in his room, making it rich and like a lily in bloom, an angel writing in the book of gold. Exceeding peace had made Ben Hadim bold. And to the presence in the room, he said, What writest thou? The vision raised its head and with a look made of all sweet accord, answered the names of those who love the Lord. And his mind one said, Abo, nay not so, replied the angel. Abo spoke more low, but cheerily still, and said, I pray thee then, write me as one that loves his fellow man. The angel wrote and vanished. The next night it came again, and with a great awakening light, and showed the names whom love of God had blessed. And lo, Ben Hadim's name led all the rest and found out only later in life that it was a poem anonymously written, but they contributed to a man, I believe, was of, of a Muslim man of Islamic faith. And the irony of it is some of my friends who are Muslim uh, or Arabic of Islamic faith, a poem coming from their world empowered me to be a better Christian to be more committed to my Lakota spirituality and to be a better man. And we, we, we laugh thinking, what strange ways if we just love our fellow man, how we can come together. And that's the power of our Lakota culture. Well, thank you, Billy. You know, my heart just goes out to you and, and that you were so kind to interview with me and I'm so proud of you and and when I think of the Lakota values I I'm gonna name 12 of them and actually I can't even pick out just one or even two 
that pertain to you because I think I think in one way or another they all do and that is humility, perseverance, respect, honor, love, sacrifice, truth, compassion, fortitude, generosity and wisdom. And hopefully down the down the road in our journey through life we'll we'll be able to interview you again and you will have been able to go to Japan and and see the Olympics and get back on your old stomping grounds and and I'm just so thankful that you you joined us today. Okay, my my final comment to you and then I'll uh, we, we can terminate with, with my with my comment. You can make yours, but I'll terminate my comments with this. Patricia and I sat down and for months we seriously looked at those virtues and values and we took the virtue of generosity and we wanted to give back. And from that came Running Strong for American Indian Youth. It's a lifetime giveaway trying to empower others so they can fulfill their dreams. And in a way, it's my lifetime thank you to all of those people that I mentioned earlier and many, many more that I did not mention that kept me getting back on the good road when I got off of it. (laughs) (laughs) And some of my friends got off of the the good road with me. (laughs) But there's their strength and their beliefs and that spirituality that they had within them that I could see kept me moving forward. So uh, my giveaway is also part of their giveaway. And uh, I wore that Medal of Honor, the, the Medal of the, the Presidential Medal. Uh, I wore that in very special moments, not for me, but for them. And uh, thank you. Goodbye. Well, I hope you enjoyed our segment. You know, I, I enjoy visiting with the people. And if you did, go to sandyswallowgallery.com where you can find my artwork and find some history and some background. Please subscribe to it or if you have some comments, we would love to hear your opinion. This is a new adventure for us and I value your opinion. This song is written and sung by my good friend, Quincy Goodstar. Lakota Link is here to share Lakota values. God bless you on your journey. Wopila, thank you for joining us.